0: Thank you. Please be seated. Ah, oh, it's just wonderful to be here. We've been blessed. We've just been so blessed already today. In a moment, um, our good friend and pastor, Billy's going to bring some inspiration to us, as he always does. It's always a delight when he comes to share. But I'll let you into a secret before I just find him somewhere Um, I'm just going to give him a run for his money now he can play the didgeridoo like you wouldn't believe don't tell him how good he is at it but I've been practicing also so just to fill you in on that and uh, uh, would you uh, just welcome Pastor Billy are you there, Pastor? No, he's gone. Oh, well, somebody else is going to speak today. Um, who, Pastor Billy. Don't you trick me today. He's been. Somebody find Pastor Billy. <laughs> Here he is. He's a trickster. He's always doing this deliberately. Pastor Billy, we love you, right? Billy, I've been practicing. In fact, this is a very versatile church here. And I rated the vacuum cleaner, one of them. I just hope I don't suck. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> very. True. Yes. But I practise this, and I'm doing quite well at it. Now I've got to put the microphone down, haven't I, on the floor because I've seen you do that many a <laughs> time.
1: We better give him a round of applause to just encourage him. This is going to be pretty good.
0: I need to... <laughs> just to refresh your memory, this is not the Christmas program yet. <laughs> this is our Inspire service. It's great that we're still going after this year, isn't it? We're all back. Billy, that's yours. I'm going to put this down. I think my son's got wind of this and they're virtually saying, Dad, put a sock in it. All right, Billy, this is for real. I can do it. I can do it. You ready? You'll be surprised. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Billy, beat that.
1: Of course, look ladies, a round of applause for him firstly, we must give him some credit. But how ridiculous, Trevor, that you would use that. I've had to bring my own. And this looks a bit more like what it should be.
0: Praise the name of the Lord and of God. Them. Let's sing.
1: thanks especially the new instrumentalist there. <laughs> Trevor and I are going to go on a tour later this year so just pray for us. Beautiful so a couple things firstly you just never know what you'll get with Trevor so I do appreciate the gag. Um, now you will notice that I or you might notice I'm going to draw attention to it I don't have any shoes on. Uh, Moses was instructed to take his shoes off now I wish that was the case that I was doing something really holy but what happened was um, Nathan was here earlier this morning and he said oh brother can you come and help me get the um, baptismal covers off so I came and helped him as a good you know servant should and uh, later on as we lifted all the oh thank you thank you Um, I I did most of the lifting by the way you can tell you knew you know that and uh, when we came back Nathan said what's that in the pool and it was the bottom of my good Cuban RM heel I've lost it in the pool And so I gave Jody $5 to just grab it as she went out. So that's all squared away. And um, there's some scripture about don't lose your soul, isn't there? Something about that there? You shouldn't lose your soul. But um, it's been cleansed, so it should be fantastic this morning. So um, I'm going to share with you, uh, quite surprisingly, quite surprisingly, um, I think in my uh, history, my experience as sharing the Word of God, I've always been someone that's tried to have a word in season. I think that's been a, a theme for me. Just, I don't—I turn up somewhere, I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm, I'm even not certain what's happening for this congregation. I, I know what's going on in the world and in my world, but not yours. So I, I do ask for some inspiration, if we're going to use that language uh, for inspire. Um, and it was quite surprising to me. I've, I've been led to a passage that I must admit I sort of thought what I don't understand and so um, I'm going to share it from that point of view that I'm just trusting that it is the right word and you know I'm hearing stories we heard a story of of someone that's followed Jesus for decades and many of you have and so it's going to be a pretty well-known story which can be dangerous I guess but I'm trusting it's a word in season it's from Luke chapter 5 and it's that chapter that I want to share with you and it'll become familiar I'm going to read it if that's okay, in the message version and this will come up for you. So what I would love you to do, the power of stories is that we enter them. They're an invitation to go into the story. So whatever that looks like for you this morning, I'd love you to enter this story. Place yourself there. Where are you? What's going on? And so let's listen as we hear this this morning. Once when he, Jesus, was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret. The crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's, Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow, but if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done, a huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I'm a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, there is nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. As I said, it's probably a story that you've heard before, it's quite a well-known one and um, Luke has, in his storytelling, has just told a story where Jesus has said to uh, his followers, those around him, we've got much more to do, it's not just going to be here in this one place, we're going to have to go out and talk to others, tell others about this story and here we find ourselves in the context that there's a, a big crowd right on, on um, the Sea of Galilee, right at the lake. And the crowd was pushing in. They really want to hear. And it says that Jesus noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and they were getting their nets. They would obviously had a big night as we read. And he says, I love the genius of Jesus. He says, I could use that as a pulpit. Let the crowd sort of gather around the shorefront and I can speak to them from the boats. And so he asks the boat owner to, to let's jump in. And he teaches. I love skills. I love someone who's sharp. Um, I, I really appreciate people that can teach you something. Uh, and we, we probably assume that Jesus... Jesus a father, a carpenter, that potentially he's been involved with woodwork. And here he is in a different context with fishermen, and yet he's got a good idea. He says, Let's, let me preach from this boat. Um, out at Dolby, at our 40 acres called Bethel, which some of you might know about, um, it's been a great journey out there for about four and a half years and getting to know local people. And one of the particular locals that I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know is an old drover. And he was based in Dolby, and they've since moved to Oakey. But we still catch up with him for a yarn all the time. And those old drovers, they got lots of good yarns. He was a station hand on Durham Downs in Western Queensland for, for 30 years. And he just has me captivated with his stories of what he has, has been up to, the experiences that he's had. Telling me about how he used to make rope from a single hide of cow. And how they used to do that and the skill that it required. I really love hearing the skills of people like that. I love when I see people learning new skills. Can I just confess that this little section over here, I didn't expect to come to Inspire, to see a baptism and to see so many iPhones, smartphones come out and film the proceedings. Can I just a round of applause over here? Incredible new skills. That's amazing. That's good. But that was the thought that did come to me. Wow. This old, this old drover. He was telling me how they used to, what they used to have to do in their driving. That if you had if you had four riders, you had to have 50 horses. And so the droving plant was this incredibly complex thing. And the skills that they had to have. And I think of Jesus here in this incredible skill. He just saw an opportunity and he steps into the boat. And you know the story, I've just read it to you and you've probably heard it a bit. But he starts teaching from the boat, but then he turns to the fisherman. He says, push out into the deep water, let your nets out for a catch. I've just uh, come from Southwest Rocks in New South Wales. Has anyone been to that area? Just by show of hands, what a beautiful part of the country. Um, I'm from inland New South Wales, we call ourselves freshwater people, I live on the mighty Barwon River, beautiful river, lovely river, my family are all into fishing, we get yellow belly and cod, some people refer to Colorado as the home of the cod and uh, they've got you know, old uh, fish that were so big and so heavy that they used to catch out of that river. We've got some good old stories about the fishing as well, like any good fishing community. They once said that a man pulled a fish so big out of the Barwon River that it dropped by a metre. That's how big it was. That's how big it was. And I can only expect it's true. But I'm not much on the coast, if I was to be honest. I come from inland, and so whenever I go to a coastal town, all I can hear is the theme to Jaws, I just panic a lot about sharks, I'm just not used to that sort, but, but Southwest Rocks was a beautiful place, amazing, and you can see that, that fishing has been a big part of their lives, and one thing I do know about fishing uh, with friends that I've got is that you can go out fishing all night and have a night like Simon Peter had. And he's a bit like that drover, things weren't as easy, it wasn't mechanical. You are casting your nets and pulling them back in, you're casting your nets and you're pulling back in, perhaps with a sail or perhaps you're rowing, whatever it might be, but it's a physically demanding time. Exhaustion sets in all night, it says. And it might seem a bit blasé, Jesus says, Come come on, let's go fishing again. He's just cleaned his nets. Sounds like a very dangerous thing to do. If my wife cleans somewhere, I'm just stay away from it for a long time. And I can almost hear the weariness. Master. It's a beautiful response. Lord, Master. We've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. This experienced fisherman whose father would have been a fisherman and his father would have been a fisherman and they know this area. They know this area. And Jesus is teaching and then he turns and says, go and have another go. Master, We've we've been having a go at it. But how beautiful, the submission, the surrender. But if you say so. Wasn't that long ago, someone was just standing in that baptismal pool and said exactly the same thing, I think. I'm not going to get (laughs) baptised. Wasn't that the words? I'm not going to get baptised. Why would I want to get baptised? I've lived the whole life. It's been decades, 1963, but if you say so, what a beautiful picture for us this morning, the reality of that submission and surrender when the master speaks. We might have our ideas, we might have our plans, we might have our activities, but uh, there's always that little door open that says, if you say so. I'm really conscious when I came here. One of the things that I particularly, I come from a culture that honours elders. It's not a blasé, it's not disrespectful. I, I in fact, I, I call a lot of older people old man or uh, um, uncle or auntie, and I guess in their context it's seen to be a, a disrespectful thing. But uh, I want to assure you that I am utterly, utterly committed to honouring elders, and as much as this is quite a relaxed setting and I always feel loved, I know Trevor will do something silly and I'll come in on that and have a go. And uh, It is daunting because I do see, I look around the room, I hear stories, I know stories. Decades of experience that are in the room. It keeps me quite humble here. What, what on earth could I speak to you about that you perhaps haven't already lived through and perhaps are on the other side of? And yet one thing I see in this story that I have heard today that I trust is growing amongst you is that door open that is a lifelong learner. Eldership isn't just about being wise. It's not just about knowledge. It's about character and that incredible humility that it takes to say, if you say so. And here it is. Simon had been fishing all night, but he says, if you say so, I'll let the nets out. And then it was no sooner said than done. Such a great catch in this area, pulling in the nets, couldn't pull the nets in, a little bit like Nathan trying to fix the baptismal pool on his own. Billy, come and help me. And so they sing out to others to come on over. They waved, I love the language in the message version. They waved to their partners in the other boat. I'm sure that you, like that old drover, have lived through incredible change in your life. I, I, I marvel. My old father was an old drover and I just caught up with him at the wedding and I, I looked at him, he's 80, 80 odd, 82, 83. And I thought the things that you've seen change in this world in your lifetime, it's It's unbelievable. No, no phone contact whatsoever. In Colorado, we was such a small town, I've got 76 first cousins. And so contact was pretty regular. You go every street and meet one of my relatives. And, but the phone exchange, we had a phone exchange. When it first came in, in the, in the late 80s, we got the phone for the first time. And we had a phone exchange and my cousin worked on the exchange. So you'd have like sort of two conversations You'd ring up the ring mum, but you'd have a big conversation with your cousin first, and then say, oh, can you put me through to mum now? And she could still listen in and say, oh, don't forget about, you know, so it was. (laughs) But that's nothing compared to what you've seen, the changes that have occurred in your lifetime. To navigate what you've had to navigate. Perhaps you feel weary when you think about it, the things you've seen what England was like in the 1960s, what Brisbane was like in the 1960s. Maybe you feel, maybe humanly you've got every excuse to just sit down and take it easy. But if I know true elders, you know, if I know the Master Jesus, then he's always looking to speak to you and looking for that faith-filled response that says, if you say so. For the partnership, the the world that we live in now would tell you that you're on your own. And I was deeply, I was profoundly, I've seen it happen here at a nighttime service, I've seen it here at baptism in the morning service, but it was beautiful to see the sense of community when someone, just the people flooding over and this sense of community that you've created here that's called inspire. It is inspirational. Because we live in a world that would tell you, separate, do your own thing. You're at an age, but do retirement, you go and do your own thing. And yet here you are, craving and contributing to community. It's a powerful thing. It, it is the way of the kingdom. And this is what happens: it's way too much for one person. And Simon Peter sings out, he he waves them, come and help here. This is overflowing here. And I thought that, wow, what a beautiful picture of the kingdom. It's an abundant kingdom, isn't it? The, The love and the grace of God is too much for one person. You can't handle it on your own. It's not meant to sit in one area. It's meant to overflow and burst forth. Whether you're sharing your testimony, or sharing a cup of tea, or opening a door, or saying hello to your neighbour, these beautiful, seemingly insignificant acts are the overflowing of the kingdom. Make no mistake about it. We have a God who is a God of abundance, not a God of competition not someone versus someone else. And I feel like you are a generation that can speak. You have touched and felt the reality of what it means to be a proper community. You're recreating it here at Inspire. And so I want to speak into your life and say, please continue to be that witness to the power of community, the love of the other. If, I, if, we, if Jesus did it for us. I love good summary statements. My boy Rory's in year ten and he's studying, and it's. Can you pray for me? Because he's not studying, I have to help him, and it's really not easy. I feel like a, like a, fifteen-year-old again, trying to dodge all my schoolwork. No, oh, really. And that's not Rory. That's me. But but the abundance, the 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 sharing, and the summary statement is Jesus said, love God and love others. I appreciate he gave us a summary statement. I can remember that. The question is, can I and will I live that? The realities of the coronavirus this year, the changes that you've seen. But I hope it left us craving connection because that's what we've made to do. He sings out to the partners and they come and they help haul it in. in my language, we call the overflow warrumble. Warrumble, it's the overflow. And that for me is the kingdom of God. That for me is the grace of God. Simon Peter sees this, he does it. They fill the boats, nearly capsize them. And Simon Peter sees it, he drops to his knees. He says, Jesus, go away, get away from me. I'm a sinner, and I can't handle this holiness. And there's a there's truth in that. I, I, I know that myself. It's always, I, I'm always conscious up here. I can 20, 25 minutes, I can act like I'm going really well. but I know the truth of who I am. Jesus knows the truth of who I am. I'm a sinner. I know that. Broken person. But sometimes too, I think we go too far that way, too. Because I love that, that Jesus, he doesn't even seem to answer that question. Peter said, go away from me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus doesn't even talk to it. He just says, don't fear. Jesus doesn't even deal with what he said. He said, don't fear. I actually thought that's what I was gonna talk to you about today was fear. I really was pretty convinced that I was gonna come and share about perfect love casting out all fear. Because I get that, the, the water is deep. The metaphor for me is right there, that the water's deep. Simon Peter's got to go into deeper water than he was. The effort that was required, the courage that it was gonna take was for him. And I guess, reader, that wasn't very deep water, but in many ways it was. In many ways it was. And I wonder what the deep water might be for you that Jesus is calling you back into. I don't think he's done yet. Maybe the, the weariness of praying for a family member. Big year, you just think, ah, oh, I've, I've been doing it all year, Lord. But if you say so, is he saying that again this morning? Keep praying. It's deep water, I know, it's over your head. A situation that you're facing, a reality, a uh, a memory but the master's just saying yep I know it's too much for you but I'm with you in it there is nothing to fear I find them to be powerful words this morning from now on you'll be fishing for men and women now I guess for me when I read the story the the picture is of nets and you catch the fish And so that might be tempting to think that in your Christian witness, you've got to go and capture people. So next inspire service, we'll see some ropes around some old people. You'll have the battery operated chairs and you'll just bring them in, just bring them right up the front. But I think the better understanding for me isn't that we will capture people like that. We don't have to catch them, wrestle with them and fight them. I wonder if the better understanding is that we captivate them. We don't capture them, we captivate them. Their attention is caught because you live in such a way that they're asking questions. That they are caught up in the kingdom of God, in the overflow of God, laughing down the front one minute. And standing, kneeling, weeping the next. Because God will do that. pull up their boats on the beach, left them nets and all and followed him. When you hear a story, I'm a storyteller, I love stories, I got it off my old man, just before we left the last thing we did was spend about an hour telling stories. My family seated around this lounge room and we just told stories we already know, isn't that the case, I already know the stories. Everyone knows them, but we retell them like they're the first time we've ever told them. And everyone laughs like they've never heard it before. I really appreciate that. And that's what we did the last hour. So our stories have been a part of my life. Stories are crucial. We, every one of us, is a story. And the power of stories, as I said at the beginning, is that we enter them. Enter into the story. And so I'm just wondering, my last thing I wanted to share with you today is who were you in the story? don't have to answer, but I'm just interested. When we hear a story, often we will take a position. If we get into the story, we end up in the story. So where were you? Were you on the bit, be- you know, crowded, worried about coronavirus? You know, oh, gee, trying to listen to Jesus. It's a bit close there. a metre and a half, please. Were you the fisherman? Were you Simon where you've been, you're weary? What a crazy year, I've had enough. Because you'll hear something in the story and none of those are wrong. I hope you found yourself in the story. Maybe you're an observer up the top. Maybe you're one of the other disciples. Maybe you're in another town and you just can't wait till Jesus gets there. But the one thing I just wanted to ask that you consider this morning, the one thing I am going to as a younger person not young, as a younger person, I'm going to say to you, is did you ever picture yourself in Jesus' shoes? Now you might be worried about that at first. Oh, I'm not Jesus, don't worry, we know that. But Jesus at the finish says, he wants people to follow him. That doesn't mean just walk around behind him, it means live like him. And the power for me in this story is that you inspire as a community, you as older people in this community called Bridgman Baptist, you can be like Jesus. Jesus saw a weary man who was doing his best and he sidles up alongside him and he says, give it another go. Go again, put out in the deep, don't give up. And he speaks prophetically and profoundly into the life of Simon Peter. And it's a witness to everyone that's present. The overflow of the kingdom comes because Jesus invites. Jesus encourages. Jesus cares. You can be that here. And so I leave you with that thought. What would it look like for you to be Jesus to the people around you today, to be an encourager, to be a true elder, to be a true generation that blesses the next. Because I tell you, I do see it and I do appreciate it that you're witness to this younger generation of what it truly means that God has captivated and overflowed your soul so much that you can't help but live differently for it. Let's pray. Abundant God, I'm just really conscious that these stories are for us to enter. Thank you for this beautiful story that Luke has told us. Thank you for the many ways as we read it, the many different vantage points. And I pray that this morning as this story is retold, perhaps there are people here that have heard it, Many, many times, preached on it themselves. I just pray it'll be a fresh story again this morning, Lord. A story that they re-enter and find themselves in it. And if there's anyone here, Lord, that's weary and tired and tempted to give up, then I pray that you'll just breathe into them just as the didgeridoo needed breath. Or would you just blow the Holy Spirit into their very spirit and soul this morning inspire them we pray maybe they're in the crowd jostling to hear from you lots of noise and, and, and I just pray you'll, you'll get to a position like you did for Rita that night and you'll just speak to them maybe there are some here that haven't heard don't know I pray you'll position yourself Jesus right in their spirit but I really want to pray That each and every person here will not just follow you as in walk behind, but will live a life of Jesus. Encouraging, inspiring, loving and caring for a world that so desperately needs it. Thank you for the freedom that you do bring as cornerstone to us all. May we stand solid upon this today and for the days to come in
0: your name praise god he is lord of all if you would value prayer today some of these things that you'd love to have sorted out in your heart you're welcome just to come down to the front seat here and somebody will come and pray with you and encourage you i just mentioned as we leave out at the tables outside of course is the signing uh, the letters to the persecuted churches. Just put your name on those. Robin's outside, ready, waiting. And on the tables where you registered when you were coming in, I have placed on those tables some copies of my little booklet, Two Hearts Are Better Than One. wrote this at the time when I'd had five bypasses and uh, things weren't so good at the time but it's just a little personal testimony on the front page. and inside clearly outlines how you can become a Christian so that the fog lifts, you know, if, buts, maybes. I'd love to be sure. Well, just in a few pages, it clarifies that with a little suggested prayer at the end if you're ready to receive jesus as savior this will be a guide to you you're welcome to take those and along with that today with rita's lovely testimony to our hearts i put a few copies another little one i've got here being baptized as a believer that's out there too at least there's some of them there but if we run out and you want them just ask for them through the office That's wonderful. Then I just want to mention that uh, today you would have seen all the food out here in the floor at 11 o'clock. After this service, the team comes in, trucks, and all the hampers will be prepared and will start flowing out from tonight, 2,000 hampers. That's why all the food's there. You should have seen it coming in in truckloads yesterday unbelievable and uh, then i just finally want to say thanks to the team jenny for your scones during the year thank you so much who'd want to get up every wednesday morning and make them all but she does wonderful we do appreciate that And thank you for the whole team, the the musos. Look, thank you so much for your ministry through the year. Ross on sound faithfully here in sound. Ashton, he does all the high tech stuff. In fact, he and his team, because we do live streaming, it's like a television studio as well. This is all very high tech background the standard you get on TV, and only better stuff here than on TV. And this, uh, I won't go into it, but it's high tech, isn't it, Ashton? You and your team, wonderful, they do all that. It amazed me after the last service when we were having that service of remembrance Suddenly they flicked up from up the back here, I didn't know, that beautiful background of the poppies. Did you see that? Magnificent. I said, where would you get that from? Ashton just gets it out of the blue. He's fantastic. Thank you one and all. We just worship and praise the Lord together. God bless you. And we'll see you at the Christmas program, the Lord willing, in two weeks' time.